I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to episode 42 of Wiki Shuffle. This silky smooth, sexy voice belongs to Jack Stewart. I am joined by my 3am proposition in a pub with a flat roof, Chris Wallace. Hello. Yes. That's what your voice sounds like to me. That's That sounds good. And um, Spring Watch. <laughs> <laughs> Just Spring Watch. <laughs> Phil Sharman. That's my wrestling name. You, you would make a great Spring Watch presenter. Here he comes. I love his little burrow. <laughs> I, don't, I honestly don't know how to take that. Um, it's well. No, it's good. Well. Everyone, it's good. everyone loves it's Spring Watch. I love a little, a little fluffy bunny. That's where you are. Right. So we should explain that Chris and I were out for our work's Christmas do last God. night. So we are a little bit rough around the edges. Is that fair to say? I think I'm still drunk. Chris looks like Shane McGowan today. <laughs> <laughs> he looks fucking awful. It's a bad. And day. It's, yeah, it's it's kind of scary. You are. You don't look human. Nah, I don't feel human. No, you I are look... definitely still drunk. When you got in the car, I could tell yeah. you were still drunk. I was driving just to clear that up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, half three. I you got home at half three because yeah. I, I gave up at one o'clock and I'm I feel I did some detective skills at the messages I sent. Yeah, and they they three. stopped at half can you, three. Can you read the message that you sent to your friend for us? The good thing about the Christmas party is it wasn't bad. Nobody did anything bad. No, everyone was very well behaved. It was all very good, but it didn't really make much sense. So my friend left early, and I was a bit worried about her because I didn't know where she went. So I said. <laughs> When I did find out where she was, I sent a message saying, I have never felt worried in ever. <laughs> the, the gist is there. Mm. What, was it accompanied with any kind worried. of picture? No, there, there, was no, there was no response or picture. Oh, I thought you said you pictures. sent her a picture of a... Oh, I sent her a picture of a Christmas tree. Yeah, that's what I thought, yeah. Yeah, because I found one. And so you sent her a picture of a Christmas tree? Yeah. At three o'clock in the morning? Yeah. From the, from the Everard Arms? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm f- I'm feeling fine, so that's good. Yeah, whatever. Feeling good, for good for you. Mm. Uh, so we are going to press the random article button on Wikipedia. We're going to talk about whatever comes up, and we don't know what it is. So let's delve in. Benjamin Guggenheim. That's mm-hmm. yep. I'm I'm enjoying saying that already. Benjamin Guggenheim of the Guggenheim Guggenheim of the Guggenheim Guggenheim. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the, the it gives me an excuse to say it some more. Benjamin Guggenheim was an American businessman. He died aboard the RMS Titanic when the ship sank in the North Atlantic Ocean. Mm. His body was never recovered. Ooh. Ooh. Lost at sea. Yeah. It's just sadder when you say it like that. Mm. Where did you go? Yeah, my, my brother went out there. He was lost at sea. Tragedy. <laughs> you are still drunk. <laughs> uh, I feel like focus is something we're going to really struggle with today. We'll get there. As opposed to... As <laughs> valid point. Benjamin was born in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the fifth of seven sons of the wealthy mining magnate Meyer Guggenheim. Benjamin, as a result of being the fifth of seven sons of the wealthy mining magnate Meyer Guggenheim, Benjamin Guggenheim inherited a great deal of money from his father. He grew distant from his wife and, for business reasons, was frequently away from their New York City home. Business reasons. (laughs) 
Yes, business reasons. Yeah, yes, uh, that's I right, don't know, business Whenever you say business reasons, it sounds like suspicion. That's a suspicious statement. Business reasons. Mm. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll give you that, actually. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's my natural reaction is to just pour scorn on the things you say, but in actual fact, that's you're right. That's everyone's natural reaction. <laughs> <laughs> he maintained an apartment in Paris, France. Guggenheim boarded the RMS Titanic and was accompanied by his mistress. Business reasons. Uh, by his business reasons. He was accompanied by his business reasons. A French singer named Leontine... Oh, dear, this is difficult. Leontine Orbart. Nice. I mean, I normally do all right at French, but I think Aubert. I've got that wrong. It, yeah, that T's not going to be pronounced, is it? Leontine Aubert. That still doesn't sound right. Aubert. Aubert. Leontine Aubert. Oh, oh Leontine Aubert. I am French. That's not true. You are not even slightly. <laughs> You're the least French man I've ever met. Okay, I'm going to need some assistance with this next word as well. I could do that one. His valet, Victor Hugo. Oh, come on. There's two different ways of pronouncing it, isn't there? Yeah, and a right way and a wrong way. Yeah. No, there isn't. There's different meanings. There's a different... Valet means one thing and valet means something else. Butler is one and then there's another one that's... And I can't remember which way around it is. Well, that's stupid. And I don't think it would give you enough there to know whether it's valet or valet. I'm going to say valet. I think valet might have an accent over the E. Let's just live with it and move on. <laughs> well, you don't care about his, his, his valet, Victor no. Giglio. Nope. Victor Giglio. Victor Giglio. Um, his chauffeur, René Pernod. Oh, this would be a fun one. René Pernod. Was that chauffeur or chauffeur? No, it's, it's chauffeur. That, okay. one's, that one's easy. All right. And Madame Obar's maid, Emma Sargessa. Sargessa? I'm going to say Emma Sargessa. <laughs> How do you do that, you big racist? <laughs> why, why is that racist? <laughs> it just wouldn't be wicked Shuffle without one accusation of racism <laughs> being thrown out amongst the team. <laughs> why is that racist? Should be our motto. <laughs> <laughs> It was the glint in your eye. <laughs> That's what it was. That's just. So we're aboard the wild. Titanic. Um, it's, a, it's a welcome relief at this stage, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Ticket number was one seven five nine three and cost seventy nine pounds and four shillings. That's, that's a lot of money, isn't it? Back then. Although yeah, other, other sources do say the price was fifty six pounds eighteen shillings and seven pence. Old money was mental, wasn't it? Yes. What the hell was that all about? Anybody international who can't possibly understand what's mm. going on here. Up until 1978? S certainly the 70s. Late yeah. 70s, Britain had a old money system which was divided into three lumps of money, pounds, shillings and pence, none of which were base 10. So you didn't mm. know, and I couldn't tell you how many pennies made up a shilling that made up a pound it, but it was ridiculous numbers and just impossible to do any maths with I mean we still do it with I mean we, we completely ignore the metric system when it comes to weight height. for example, height I mean 14 uh, pounds to a stone silly. what is that? bonkers is what it is Yeah, but we still use it <laughs> this bloody country yeah, what's it's gone to the dogs what's become of us where are we going with that? We're not. <laughs> we're not. <laughs> anyway, we're aboard the Titanic, which is a lot more exciting than whatever we're talking about. Guggenheim and Giglio. Giglio. Giglio was uh, he's the he's the valet or valet. We're not sure which. Mm -hmm. um, they slept through the Titanic's encounter with the iceberg, or berg, um, as we call it on the streets. Get old bergs. <laughs> we did that off of. I know you've got to You've got to leave that song in there. You've got to leave that song in because I've referenced it. Yeah, I'm not leaving oh, it in. Oh, good. You're fighting back. I like it. No, I can just delete this bit as well. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Guggenheim and Giglio, the valet or valet, slept through the Titanic's encounter with the iceberg. That's some deep sleeping. Mm. I, I think I could quite easily sleep through an encounter with an iceberg. You pretty much can't wake Depends me up. That's how big your someone. encounter is. Pretty big. Pretty in this big. Case. Uh, I think <laughs> famously big. <laughs> it's one no. of the main iceberg encounters. It is a famous iceberg. Yeah, I don't think anyone it's would dismiss named, it though. as minor. What do you mean it's never been named? The iceberg's never been named. Why would the, it be I, named? I bet the iceberg does have a name. I think icebergs do have. I bet that the iceberg oh, yeah. that the Titanic struck has got a name. 
<laughs> so they were awakened, having slept through the iceberg, they were awakened just after midnight, ship's time, by Obar what? and What do you mean Sargassa. ship's time? Ship's time. Like the time zone that the ship is in. No, I imagine that they keep the time zone the same. We're going to get off track right, here because we don't know track, the answer to this. That makes sense. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, so if they took off from Southampton or Liverpool or wherever it was. Uh, Ireland somewhere, wasn't Belfast. it? Because I don't understand time zones. Not Belfast. I don't know. Wherever they took I off from Galway. It was built in Belfast. Okay, no, we're getting off track have... while we're getting off track here. It's not good. <laughs> okay, so let's so say they set they, okay, okay, ship's time, time is yeah, British time, GMT. And then they'd have probably stuck to that all the way until they got to New York. You don't want to change your watch every no, that'd be insane. three yeah, times a day, right. do you? Boats. So that's... <laughs> Boats. So 12 o'clock ship time, they've been awoken by Aubert, the mistress, oh. and Sargessa, the chauffeur. No, that's the maid. Um, and they had felt the collision. Sargessa later quoted Giglio saying, never mind iceberg, what's an iceberg? <laughs> As you Brilliant. would. Some people uh, don't know. Yeah. <laughs> what is an iceberg? Guggenheim was persuaded. <laughs> yeah, never mind them. Don't actually know what they are, though. <laughs> but pretty sure not a threat in my, well, in sound... my valeting opinion. <laughs> it doesn't sound offensive. No. If you said that. Oh, Sounds like a great big lettuce. There's an iceberg. There's <laughs> <laughs> an iceberg over there. Fine. Guggenheim was persuaded to awaken and dress, and bedroom steward Henry Samuel Etches helped him on with a life belt and a heavy sweater before sending him, Giglio, and the two ladies up to the boat deck. As Aubert and Sargessa reluctantly entered lifeboat number nine, Guggenheim spoke to the maid in German, saying, We will soon see each other again. It's just a repair. Tomorrow the Titanic will go on again. That's a lie. Oh, there's some um, dramatic <laughs> irony going on yeah. here because we know the truth, don't we? Uh, Realising that the situation was much more serious than he had implied... Because, I mean, I'm just going on the film, but you, you, everyone knew. Everyone knew in the film, Ooh. didn't they? There was no second guessing there. No, the boat no, was some, in half. Well, to begin, yeah, but to begin with, people were refusing to get onto lifeboats, weren't they? And I just remembered the film. Oh, oh you're getting sad. I'm a little bit sad. Oh, you're I still get a little bit sad. In your hungover state. Yeah. I'm emotional now. What are you sad about? About Don't Leave Me Jack or Paint Me Like You're French Girls or... Uh, is it Celine Dion singing? You know what? That's probably the biggest one. <laughs> that's, that's one hell of a song. He's, he's welling up. Yeah. Chris is actually welling up, remembering the film Titanic. It's oh, a sad film. His heart's it's not. going on right now. His heart's going on. Realising that the situation was much more serious than he had implied, as well as realising that he was not going to be rescued, he then returned to his cabin with Giglio and the two men changed into evening wear. Mm. Brilliant. That's, yeah, best do this properly, agents. Mm. Yeah. Rose Amelie Ickard wrote in a letter, the billionaire Benjamin Guggenheim, after having helped the rescue of women and children, got dressed a rose at his buttonhole to die. <sighs> oh, this is actually quite a sad story. It's awful. I don't, I don't like this anymore. The two were seen heading into the grand staircase, closing the door behind them. He was heard to remark, we've dressed up in our best and are prepared to go down like gentlemen. That's Hooray! cool. That is cool, though. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, I know although, where you were going. <laughs> he is talking for his valet at the same time. Yeah, his valet's just like, <laughs> what? What? We what are we doing? <laughs> we, I mean, we could be doing something. There are, there are doors that we could be clinging to floating out there. What am I in evening wear? <laughs> He also gave a survivor a message saying, tell my wife, if it should happen that my secretary and I both go down, tell her I played the game out straight to the end. No woman shall be left aboard this ship because Ben Guggenheim was a coward. Good for you, Ben. Yeah, he sounds like a nice a nice fella. A nice billionaire. Yeah. A nice billionaire fella. I mean, he is there with his mistress. We're... Yeah, but it was the olden days. You know about that, Phil. It was the olden yeah. days. What happened? It was the olden days. A lot yeah. of the people involved were French. And, exactly. Um, yeah, that's inevitable. Always I can imagine you on the Titanic. The captain. Yeah. You do look a little bit like Captain Haddock. I, I'm quite... Captain Haddock! <laughs> that's it, isn't it? Who's Captain Haddock? From um, Tintin. Tintin. Oh. Yeah. That, that, oh, we've... We've stumbled, stumbled upon something here. <laughs> captain Haddock is like the bad cop version of you. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> He's got a beard... He's got a pipe. He's got... Phil. Phil. That's you. 
<laughs> He's got the dress sense. I'm a modern day cat. You'd never see me in a polo, in a um, turtleneck. You absolutely you would. Haddock. You're exactly the type of person to see in a, in a turtleneck. Ah. You're a jaunty dresser. Wow. Yeah. You're very French. And Captain Haddock, that's, that's, I'd, be, I'd be happy with that. Okay. Is that settled? <laughs> Guggenheim and his valet were last seen seated in deck chairs in the foyer of the Grand Staircase, sipping brandy and smoking cigars. Top work. Both men went down with the ship. Their bodies, if recovered, were never identified. Guggenheim's chauffeur, René Pernot, was also lost in the disaster, but wasn't invited to join them with cigars <laughs> yeah, and brandy. Very much an afterthought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, all of this does say citation needed, so this could just be yeah. entirely made up. Yeah, romanticised bullshit. Yeah, and, and that, that's, that's a good point. Extent. We've had a few messages recently, and I, I've not kept record of them because I'm useless. But a few people have got in touch to say this was actually wrong, and Wikipedia was uh, well. You know, it's out there. I now. have something to say about that because we are Wiki Shuffle, so we repeat the shuffles of the Wikipedia. That's what it says. Yeah, we don't That's research. What we, do. we're not, we don't research. We're not we going to go crazy. So what, what, what have we been criticised so. for being inaccurate about? It wasn't, no, we weren't criticised. It was like, there was something we actually discussed on the podcast and couldn't figure out. And then someone got into I can't remember. I haven't seen this. Yeah. Again, I would like to stress, because some people don't seem to get this. We are not an educational podcast. <laughs> don't use this for your homework. No. This is for fun. But there have been studies done of Wikipedia where it's been compared, compared in terms of accuracy to other um, encyclopedia, and it's always come out very favourably. Yeah. Um, mm. And so, yeah, the reputation that Wikipedia has for being unreliable. It's not unreliable, it's just... There's only so much... Wikipedia. There's always going to be different sides to a story, isn't there? Exactly. Yeah. Um, That's right, Captain. <laughs> one thing that my friend Alex... Um, got in touch with me. Not not a correction as such, but flirty fishing was one of my song titles that I had as a kid. Apparently, that's a thing that cults do. Who? Cults. Cults. C U L T S. Right. Uh, they send out attractive young women to get young impressionable men to join their cult. Flirty fishing. Ah. So they go. I obviously got it from there. And Have you been flirty? You didn't, you didn't invent flirty fishing. No, sadly not. <laughs> One of Guggenheim's final acts was to write the following message. If anything should happen to me, tell my wife I've done my best in doing my duty. He was sitting in a deck chair, sipping brandy and smoking a cigar. That's not duty. Yeah, that's, yeah he was. He that's was, dereliction of duty. He's putting his finger doing nothing. at the iceberg. Fuck you, Steve. Yeah, but at this point, there were other people <laughs> in trouble he could have been consoling who maybe weren't as you know, yeah, okay with their deaths as he was. Mm. But he's just decided, no, I've done my bit. I'm just going to sit here and drink yeah, brandy. Just... That's not doing your duty. You're on a ship with your mistress mm -hmm. rather than being with your wife. Or Okay. Yeah, I, I'm not sure he's the hero that... I mean, he's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, right. I'm, pretty I'm definitely cool. a, a little bit admiring If of this him. story happened the way it said, he's like, um, yeah, he's a cool dude. He's a cool dude. Um... Benjamin Guggenheim was one of the most prominent American victims of the disaster. As such, he has been portrayed in numerous movies, television series, and a Broadway show depicting the sinking. He appeared in an uncredited role in Titanic in 1953, played by Camilo Guercio. That's not a good pronunciation, is it? Um, by Harold Goldblatt in A Night to Remember, and by Michael Ensign in Titanic from 1990. Michael Ensign, who is... You would, if you Google him, I've just Googled him, and he is, I don't necessarily remember him from Titanic, but he is definitely a, a character actor that has popped up in dozens of mm. things. I Did any of you go to see Titanic in the cinema? Yes. I did as well. And we were very young at the time. Mm. How old were we? We were nine. We were nine. And I went with my mum mm -hmm. and my gran, who mm. was very old. Yeah, and oh. it, it was packed because it, that was a big event. That was, was a big film, film event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's huge. And it was just me and my gran sat next to each other, and that was the first time when oh Kate no, Winslet's boobs, boobs popped up. <laughs> I thought, huh, this is uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> and Betty, who is my gran, 
She didn't like that bit. She didn't. She wasn't entertained by that. Did she let this be known? What was her reaction? Strong silence. Well, that's appropriate in a cinema. Yeah. And then after the film was over, she was nattering throughout the rest. The first time as well, I went into the toilet of the Odeon. Where's this going? No, it's not going bad. I was nine. (laughs) And um, I saw grown men crying. I've never oh, seen a grown man cry shut up. at that point. Yeah, honestly. That's Pathetic. a nice story. Shut up. At the end of Titanic, I saw... <laughs> no, you're a movie weeper anyway, aren't I you? I am, but I not, saw... not Titanic. I saw... Come on. Oh, Jack. What? Oh, come on. That was pretty brutal. Mm, it no. was sad. I, I, yeah, I thought it was funny. Like you know when you the... thought it was funny. <laughs> yeah, because I was that kind of nine-year-old. And you, know, <laughs> you know when they're all the yeah. shit breaks in two and they're all like falling off and they're hitting the big... Whatever they, the they barriers, are. Yeah. You yeah. thought that was yeah. funny. I thought that was hilarious. Because <laughs> um, you were that kind of nine-year-old. I was wow. that kind of nine-year-old. Weirdly, I also saw Titanic for the first time in the cinema with my gran, who was also called Betty. So that's what? kind of weird. Um, but when, I can't remember Kate Winslet, but I do remember she made me go and get her a drink from the, the lobby mm. or the foyer. Um, and when I got back into the cinema, the... Um, pay me like your French girls no 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 no. the, uh, the icebergers had hit, hit and I missed that bit of a three hour three and a half hour long film or however long oh, it is I missed that bit, bit the one good bit apart from the tits and all the people falling to their deaths it's so sad slash funny Aqua open brackets band close brackets I'd like to see a citation just for that phrase band they're a band you can't deny that uh, they do music yeah alright then so Aqua hooray I like Aqua do you yeah they're alright that doesn't surprise me to be honest that cartoon hero song no that's pretty good no that's not good that's not no, no that one awful. off sliding doors turn back time that's the one that was good uh, that, that was a good song. That was okay. No, that was a good song. I that was a proper say it's a good song. song. Uh, Barbie Girl. Uh, this is only uh, the best response you can give to Barbie Girl is just uh. well, Dr. Jones. It wasn't their full potential. Dr. Jones. It wasn't their full potential. It wasn't. Turn back time. Oh, yeah. Aqua. Banging. Banging tunes. Let's see what Wikipedia's got to say about them. We'll go to a neutral voice. Aqua is a Danish Eurodance group. Is or are for Aqua? Let's say what, what are, do you think? Um, I think Americans say is for yeah, bands. They're, they say they're like, wrong, aren't they? Oh yeah, Radiohead is so awesome. Yeah, that's I'm like, wrong. no, they are so awesome. I've never noticed that before, but yeah. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. They describe groups. Americans. This is... So Aqua are a Danish Eurodance group best known for their 1997 breakthrough single, Barbie Girl. Now, was Titanic year as well then. Yeah. Titanic was oh, 97, wasn't it? So 97, yeah. Hmm? Massive year. So we've established already <laughs> Massive that... Massive year for sinking ships. They have, managed, <laughs> they have managed to produce work with somewhat more artistic credit than Barbie Girl. However, more for them, they're only ever going to be remembered for Barbie Girl. That's it. That's... Come on, Barbie. Let's go party. Uh, 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 yeah. In case anybody listening didn't know what Barbie Girl sounded yeah, like. Just you in there. Oh, what a wonderful mm-hmm. world that would be. If it just never happened. Oh, nobody, would have, nobody would have missed out on anything. No one's life would be worse than it is now if Barbie Girl had just never happened. You would. I'd be sadder. Would you? Yeah. You just wouldn't have known. You'd have been ignorant of I it. I feel like something was missing. You'd feel like there was a Barbie girl sh- Barbie girl shaped hole in your yeah, in my soul. musical repertoire. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, some other turgid shit would have just gone in its place, wouldn't it? <laughs> it's like Hitler. There's no point in going back in time and killing Hitler. Keep... Something else would have manifested in its yeah. place. Yeah. Just have to accept it. The group formed in 1989. Fuck. So they'd been at it for eight years before they came up with Barbie Girl. That's eight years of honing their art. <laughs> to get to that pinnacle. Yeah. You know, just practising. You, you know, they say that you need, what, 30,000 hours to get good at something? Is that right? Have I got that number right? That to become a real right. virtuoso, yeah, yeah. you need to spend 30,000 hours at something. Uh, it's just 10,000, I think. Is it? Yeah. Um... I'm just more committed than most. Or slower. Mm. Slower on the uptake. <laughs> yeah. 
They formed in 1989 and achieved huge success around the globe in the late 1990s and early 2000s. The group released three albums, Aquarium in 1997, possibly the worst name for an album ever, Aquarius in 2000, beating it slightly, uh, and then Megalomania in 2011. So 11, 11 years there to really think about what they've done and, and repent in some way. <laughs> The group has sold an estimated, hold on to your seats, 33 million albums and singles, making them the most successful Danish band ever. That's good, though. Most phenomenal. What about poor Mew? Poor 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 old Mew. I don't think they've quite sold 33 million albums and singles. I can't can't think of any other Danish bands, so yeah, maybe... The band's members are vocalists Lene, Lean Lene, 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 it's offensive when we do this. Uh, at, best, at best, we look incompetent when we spend five minutes trying to work out how to pronounce every single name, but probably we're just offending the people of the world who no happen to offended. have not been born. No one's offended. Okay. Good. Is that as easy as it is to not cause offence? Just tell people no to stop offended. it. <laughs> it's all fine. It's fine. It's fine. We're just idiots. Vocalists Lenny Nystrom and Rene Diff, keyboardist Soren Rasted, and guitarist Klaus Noreen. During their split, Nystrom, Diff, and Rasted all achieved solo chart success, and Noreen continued in the music industry, remixing other artists' material. Beginnings as Joy Speed. Joy Speed! Aqua started off as Joy Speed. Aqua's history together dates back to 1988. It said 1989 earlier. That's contradictory. Ooh, sorry. They were. <laughs> <laughs> no. They were originally. Media police are here. They were originally called Joy Speed. Klaus and Soren met in 1989 and throughout the early 1990s they started writing songs together. At that time, René was working in the Netherlands as a club DJ and Soren and Klaus were starting out as producers. Soren and Klaus had won a contest and were hired to produce a soundtrack. For some of the songs, they hired René. They were brought back to make part of the soundtrack for a little-known film titled Freke Frieda og de Frieglos Spinor. That sounds good. <laughs> The recording of the soundtrack began in 1993. After getting along well, the trio decided that they would work together again on a future project. A few months after the film was released, René spotted Lene Nystrom singing on the Norway-Denmark ferry. Brilliant. The MS Peter Wessel. He approached her and hired her as the lead singer of Joy Speed, later renamed Aqua. The formation of Joy Speed was on the basis that both Klaus and Soren would do the production for the group, with René rapping and Lene performing the main vocals. Mm, that's never a good combo, is it? A small Swedish record label signed them in 1994, and their very first single, this is so European, it hurts me, Itsy Bitsy Spider. Itsy Bitsy Spider? <laughs> is that offensive? Who knows? Yes. Who knows anymore? I know. Yes. <laughs> Just take whatever you like and put a techno beat over it, and that Euro pop is fine <laughs> with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe rap aggressively over the. Just shout aggressively, but in a East European accent that isn't actually that aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go to the club. The single failed to become popular, and after one week at the lower end of the Swedish charts, it disappeared completely. The four were disappointed and cancelled their contract with the record label as if it was in some way their fault. <laughs> Although the label wanted to keep the group on for further releases. Aquarium and International Breakthrough, 1996-99. to with a new manager and no record deal, the group started over and began to develop their famous bubblegum pop sound. Ah, bubblegum pop. Mm. The four began to produce and write melodic, catchy European pop songs. Melodic, I'm not sure I'd use that. What? Catchy, I'll give you catchy. They are catchy. Well, uh, They're definitely pop and they are the incredibly European. What's the but melodic. Catchy and melodic? That suggests uh, something a bit prettier, doesn't it? Catchy's if it's melodious. No, catchy isn't pretty. Isn't yeah, it? no. Syphilis it's just... is catchy. Ah, uh, true. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. Point my ways. <laughs> they attracted the attention of major label Universal Music Denmark. They renamed themselves Aqua, choosing the name seen on a poster for an aquarium in their dressing room. <laughs> God, it's like I Spy book of band names. I choose this thing. We, we, we need a name. Well, what's the nearest word to you? <laughs> you know what? Actually, Muse used that as well. They did exactly the same thing um, for their single Muscle Museum. They used the two words either side of Muse in the dictionary. That's awful. Yeah. Mm. That's really terrible. That's, yeah, it's lame. This is a very Muse thing, though, isn't it? It's a very uh, Muse thing to do. Apparently, he's a right dick. Uh, I know someone who's spent some time with him who says he's quite nice. Really? Kate, Kate Hudson. Kate Hudson? It was the one he yeah. was married to. Uh, total bitch. Oh. 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 Well, Might have misremembered that. Or not. Well, what's she going to do? Soon. Oh, yeah, that is a Defamation of character. Yeah. Coming up next week on the Gossip Podcast. <laughs> it's just, just gossip. The group's first release under their new name was Roses Are Red. They're just getting through all the old standards, yeah. aren't they? Um, a dance song with a distinct pop sound. It was released in Denmark in September 1996 and was expected to break into the Danish top 10. The single far surpassed all expectations set by the label, though, and stayed in the charts for over two months, eventually selling enough copies to be certified platinum. Which in Denmark's probably about 50. Mm. <laughs> so dismissive. Sometimes I'm a bit of a dick. We're Sorry, all Denmark. Dicks. Sometimes We're all dicks. we collectively are dicks. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Denmark. I'm sure you're lovely. With Dem- you. Denmark's easy. One of the best countries in the world. Yeah. So, yeah. With your high taxation and that excellent childcare and everything that I aspire to in a nation. Yeah, I, I like Denmark bacon. a lot. And the bacon bit can fuck off. Oh, um, and I'm not particularly partial to your pop music. I can't um, believe you don't yeah. like Aqua. I do not like. That. I've never liked Aqua. Even as a kid, I didn't like Aqua. Uh, don't give even, me that look. Even turn back time. Even turn. I hated that. It was boring. Cartoon heroes. <laughs> Stop <laughs> saying cartoon. Is that even Aqua? Are you not thinking of the cartoons? No, it's definitely uh, cartoon heroes. It annoys me that they get mixed up. Because the cartoons <laughs> are shit. Don't. Get Aqua <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, definitely Aqua. So in case they didn't do well with their certified platinum single, the success of the single was further proven when Aqua received a nomination for Best Danish Dance Act, although the group did not win. Aqua released their third single, Barbie Girl, in May 1997. The song, at first glance, appears to be about the popular children's doll Barbie. However, at second glance... That's not how you hey. listen to songs... this isn't about Barbie at all (laughs) Chris just did one of the best double takes I've ever seen (laughs) it was was lost on the podcast unfortunately but excellent double take thank you Um, at second glance the song contains several sexual overtones such as you can brush my hair and dress me everywhere you can touch you can play and kiss me here kiss me there Hanky Panky. Now, Hanky Panky isn't really a double entendre there, is it? No. That's just is. This caused some controversy upon its release in Denmark, but despite the controversy, and perhaps partly due to it, it still sold well and easily made number one in the charts. The song was so popular that it played regularly on radio stations which did not air dance music. Universal Music decided to ignore complaints about the double meanings in Barbie Girl and successfully released the single around the world in September and October 1997. The release was highly successful, making number one in the United Kingdom for four weeks, in Australia for three weeks, and even managing to make the top ten of the Billboard Hot 100, something rarely achieved at the time for European pop acts. The song and group became a household name overnight, but to most of the world were instantly written off as a one-hit wonder. Oh, no, they've got something to teach us. The double meanings in Barbie Girl caused the expected controversy with many complaints aimed at Universal for releasing the track. Really, were people that uptight in 1997? People are that uptight now. Yeah. Mm. 
Aqua released their album Aquarium Around the World in the autumn of 1997. Although the album sold well, many still wrote the group off as a one-hit wonder. Despite this and much criticism from the media, Aqua had made their international breakthrough and were now known around the world. Aqua's follow-up to Barbie Girl in Australia, Canada and the United Kingdom was Dr. Jones. Dr. Jones. Dr. Jones. Although another single... Calling Dr. Jones. I'm glossing over. Dr. Jones, Dr. Jones... Where are you? Poetry. <laughs> <laughs> Another single, Lollipop, brackets Candyman, was released in the United States. Dr. Jones was followed up by Turn Back Time. Their best Chris's song. Chris's favourite. Their best song. A song which proved to be accepted well by both Aqua fans and critics. Yeah. I've only got the Cher song in my yeah, head. Yeah, same. That's all I can get. Yeah. No, wrong. Cher straddling a battleship. That's all I'm picturing. Ooh. You've seen that video. It's I haven't ridiculous. seen that video, but I'm going to. It's <laughs> Cher basically in a, a sort of Borat-style mankini <coughs> with a body stocking over the top. Wow. On a battleship. Really badly shot video. And at one point, she's sitting astride like she's riding the main gun on the battleship, it's amazing. Yeah, and atrocious. Good. It sounds up my street. Sounds disgusting. It is absolutely <laughs> disgusting. Sounds up my street. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the song became their third single to make it to number one in the United Kingdom. As of 2005, only a handful of other artists have managed to achieve that kind of initial success in the UK, including acts such as Westlife and the Spice Girls. So. Aquarius, the Mattel controversy and sudden split, 1991 to 2001. Aqua were relatively quiet during 1999, deciding to concentrate on recording Aquarius. According to promotional interviews with the group, over 30 songs were recorded for the album, although eventually only 12 made it onto the final version. Which is good, because nobody wants a 30-song album. Nobody wants that. You didn't make the right choice there, Aqua. 30 Aqua songs. Mm. Nobody wants a 30-song album. Listen, (laughs) (laughs) hip-hop. Don't want it. We don't want your unfunny little skits. Edit, edit, edit. I do hate that. I hate those. Yeah, nobody wants that. Yeah. The group released their second album, Aquarius, in February 2000. The album instantly proved popular with their fan base, despite some changes to their sound. Aquarius contains several different musical styles. Tracks such as Cartoon Heroes, a classic, Chris' favourite, and Bumblebees. I don't know that one. Preserved the pop sound of their debut album. Cartoon Heroes was released as the first single and sold well across Europe and Australia, especially at Chris's house. Yes, I play that a lot. (laughs) The group performed, Jack, pay attention. I am. This is one for you. The group performed at the Eurovision Song Contest in 2001. For people that don't know, and I think it is reasonable for listeners to assume that this couldn't possibly be a thing Mm. because of Jack's general demeanour. Mm. It's not something What's you'd my necessarily. Well, quite serious, quite stoic. Quite... <laughs> yeah. Just shit. Yeah. Angry, bitter. Yeah. Twisted. Angry yeah. shit man. Intelligent, thoughtful, you yeah. know, oh, well nice. judged. Thanks. I'm going to undermine all of this because I'm going to undermine it all with the okay. next sentence. What a lot of people might not realise about Jack is that he fucking loves the Eurovision Song Contest. Oh. Yes, but. But there's plenty of reasons why. Okay, I'm not... But all of those reasons slightly contradict the rest of your persona. That's the point I'm I'm making. I'm not judging those reasons. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with your love of Eurovision. It's just unexpected. And quite a lot of people listening will be a bit taken back (laughs) at... There was one time, like last year, we went to see the Eurovision Greatest Hits in London. Yeah, live performances from all sorts of people. And... (laughs) You know, it's fine. And we went, was it, where was it? Alexandra? No, it was, um, was it Hammersmith? Hammersmith, yeah. yeah. And we went there, and in the foyer bit, before anything started, before the big hits started coming on, <laughs> Jack said to me, oh, did you get a picture? And it's like, with who? With that, with that guy? Who was his name? Some guy from the... the Eurovision committee. Yes. <laughs> John Olasand, the head. <laughs> Danish, in fact. Who is that uh, man? I don't know who that man he's is. He's the king of Europe. I don't he, want to get a picture with that man. He makes all the big decisions. I did. 
Yeah, no, you did. I was too yeah. nervous to say hi, though. <laughs> Why? <laughs> He's just a man. He's a big-time hero of mine. <laughs> Look, insane. some people's favourite TV show is The Wire, favourite band is Radiohead, and favourite TV sh- uh, favorite TV spectacle is the Eurovision Song Contest. <laughs> yeah, this but is just how it works. Yes, some people. Not many people, though. Mm. That's... Do you want to just explain I've never seen for, our, for our non-European listeners? I think that they put still... Put it in, our best, in your best... Um, I don't think many Americans would no, be I, I think, aware. No, they do. I think people are aware of what the Europeans Maybe are. now. I think they're a little to... bit jealous because mm. all of Europe goes mental and America... It comes together like... and it's lovely. Oh. And everyone has a nice evening. have a go. <laughs> but... It was on John Oliver as if they knew what it was okay. a, couple of weeks, a couple of months ago. I think actually yeah, Conchita think... has done a fair bit for it. Yeah, because you know, ooh, beard, I'm crazy. Although, even though I was very dismissive of the Eurovision greatest hits, I did see Conchita, and it was very good. I think yeah. it was. She was very good. Yeah, I'm not passing judgment. I'm well. I'm passing observation. It's just odd. It's just an yeah. odd thing that he has. Yeah, which we support him in. We d- we do. <laughs> 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 so anyway Aqua performed at the Eurovision Song Contest in 2001 this is where this came from and this mm. is why Jack should be excited at this point um, yes. they were collaborating excited. with Safri Duo whoever the heck they might you be you would remember Safri Duo would I? yeah I don't. they did that song I already don't remember them. again going back to the, the Eurovision bongo song. thing the bongo he song is one of those Eurovision people what do you mean I'm so- so he remembers, no, not remembers. He's got an in like a knowledge, a built-in knowledge of Eurovision that no one else has. No, they weren't. Hard they weren't Eurovision. In. They they just performed at that contest you, because Denmark had won it the year before, so they hosted. But they're not doing Eurovision. Uh, there's one Eurovision song from 2010. Mm-hmm. Paula Ernovi. Yeah. I can't remember the name of it though. Um, Playing with fire. Playing with fire. It's a brilliant song. Great they had song. A, a dual piano. It was see-through. It was fucking amazing. It was really good. <laughs> there was fire. She was wearing yeah. a cat, leather cat suit. Oh, it was just a great performance. It was good. Everything was really you could good. want. 2010, that was my favourite. And nothing's ever beaten it. Uh, so that's the problem with peaking, isn't it? Yeah, that's where I, I was there. So I've been with him since then. He's carried on. I'm waning a little bit now. <laughs> so... <laughs> So Denmark were hosting because they'd won the previous year. Can you remember what song won it in 2000? To, to give yeah, them the Olsen brothers, who I mentioned earlier. The Olsen brothers. Flying on the wings of love. Ah. <sighs> no, they were, they, were, they were not very good, but um, Eurovision wasn't very good at this stage. Who won Eurovision? Now, that is actually the odd, good, really good song. Okay. And I'm, who, I will stick by that. Who won uh, Eurovision in 2012? 2012. Oh, see, I'm no good with the years. Um... This year it was Sweden in Austria. Last year it was Austria in Denmark. It was Denmark. It would have been Loreen Euphoria that year, Sweden. <laughs> Amazing. This is insane. <laughs> Amazing. What year was Baku? Baku would have been, that was when Loreen won, so that would be 2012. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where this comes from. Well, no, no it's the same year, so, you know. Yeah, 2012, <laughs> there you go. Bang in. Wow. There's so, nothing uncool about Europe. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> so the group are performing at the Eurovision Song Contest with Safri Duo, whoever they are, and providing music during the voting stages of the competition. The performance also caused controversy, and we do love it when a Wikipedia article uses the word controversy. Yeah. That's where the good stuff is. As a number of offensive phrases and gestures were added during the performance of Barbie Girl, which involved a major lawsuit. Okay. Um, and the lawsuit's coming up. During a couple of low-key events in Denmark, the group performed live versions of songs intended for inclusion on the third album, including Couch Potato and Shaking Stevens is a Superstar. <laughs> I've never heard of any of that. The latter attributes to 1980s performer Shaking Stevens. Nice. The songs were said to have incorporated a rock sound into their music. But Shaking Stevens, what you can definitely say about Shaking Stevens, yet to be you treed. Uh, yes. Yet to be you treed. So well done, Shaking Stevens. Anyone who had a, a Christmas song in the 70s, I'm yeah. surprised. I mean, obviously, Gary Glitter's gone, but uh, everyone else remains standing. And if you watch that wizard video, <laughs> pretty weird. Ah. <laughs> oh. In December 2000, Mattel filed a lawsuit against the group's record label, Mattel vs. MCA Records, 
claiming that Barbie Girl had damaged the reputation of the Barbie brand. Judge Alex Kaczynski, writing for the United States Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit, upheld the district court finding the use of Mattel's trademark in Barbie Girl fell within the non-commercial use exemption. How is it non-commercial? That, that doesn't make any sense. They made millions of pounds off the back yeah, of it. I, th- mm. I think Mattel a, have a good uh, case there. They're using a brand name. Yeah. You couldn't... Yeah, I think... I, I, if they just Mattel called side. it, like, doll... Yeah. Yeah, that's, and uh, it was... A, yeah, but they've specifically intended. said Barbie. That that to me seems a bit rum. A bit rum. rum. <laughs> this is how I talk. This, is... this sounds a bit rum. And believe it or not, I have to edit myself really hard internally to stop phrases like that slipping out a lot more often. This all sounds a bit rum. It all sounds a bit rum. Oh, fiddlesticks. <laughs> exactly. I would say, if I didn't try really hard, I would say fiddlesticks a lot more often than I do. <laughs> Um, So it fell within the non-commercial use exemption of the Federalism Trademark Dilution Act. That's not how to pronounce dilution, is it? Dilution. I can't pronounce dilution anymore. Oh, fiddlesticks. Fiddlesticks. (laughs) Judge Kaczynski concluded his opinion by writing, and this is good. The parties are advised to chill. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Chill out, daddy-o. Thank you, dear listeners, for listening to episode 42 of Wikishuffle. You can help us out by leaving a review on iTunes if you Please so wish. Please leave a review on iTunes. Yeah, we haven't asked anyone to do that for ages, have no, we? No, it's a bit, yeah, it's died off iTunes. a bit. Um, uh, because we would, I want to do really that. well on iTunes. I'd love that. Yeah, so, just so, to yeah. tell Steve Jobs to fuck off. He really has. So. I guess he has. Yeah. <laughs> why, that, why would us doing well? Because it's just nice. It's just nice to be good on iTunes. Just because we can say, look, we hate iTunes. Do we? Because it's rubbish. Oh, yeah, it's rubbish. But we're on top of your stupid little leaderboard for podcasts, so suck it, Jobs. I'd love to be on top of the leaderboard, though. That would be good. Yeah, so if you can, five-star review on iTunes, that would be lovely. Phil's I don't Phil understand. doesn't understand. I don't but... understand how us being on top of iTunes is going to bring down iTunes. It's not going to bring it down. why we particularly want to. I don't have any great love for iTunes, nor any great hate. Well, because we don't know. They don't give us any statistics. So I, we, maybe iTunes is Maybe we're home. already top. Maybe, maybe <laughs> we, we are. don't know. I just don't know. That's possible. It's not possible. It seems unlikely. Yeah. Anyway, we do that. That would be nice. Yeah. In the meanwhile, Phil, we've received another postcard. We've got postcards, and you can send us your postcard by writing to WikishuffleHQ 1B Headlands Kettering NN157ER, just like Joe from East Belfast. Belfast. What was that? I don't know. Right, can, can Phil read out the postcard in... Um... No. Oh, in fact, no, because it's got a suggestion on it. It's got. It? We've got some suggestions for future bonus episodes, so thank you for that, Joe from East Belfast. Um, and the um, postcard is of murals of Belfast, and it's very nice. It's exactly what we wanted, and we're very grateful. And and they're it, all going on our wall, aren't they? They are all the postcards. So we've got two up up there so far. Now we're going to have three. No, we've got three because we've got that one as well. The one that's what I mean. There's which, two up there now. Oh right, and this will be yeah. But more will come there. in. More I feel we'll like I need a sleep. Mm. Yeah, don't yeah. we? All? I don't actually. I'm fine. I feel great. <laughs> oh, I did promise as well one story about my bad weekend that I promised on Twitter. You did. You did. We don't know anything about this yet, I so I'm know, looking forward yeah, to this story. I've told this quite a few times already, and um, everybody's loved it. Okay. What have you it, done? What well, have you it done? involves a very embarrassing event yeah. happening to me, which everybody always loves. Yeah. Of course. It was teased on Twitter as, I've just had the worst night of my life, I think. Mm. Was it worst night or worst day? Worst night. Worst night yeah. of my life. And immediately, obviously, that stoked my fires of interest. Yes. So, very quickly, because I don't want to dwell on this too long, because i told this story we, so we many might times. force you to dwell, yeah. depending on where this story goes. Okay. So... Uh. Who have you killed? I haven't killed anyone. <laughs> Not this week. Um, so I was having a nice walk, which I know seems unlikely, but I was having a nice walk. Okay. And I decided to take a shortcut across um, some kind of a field because it was in quite a rural area. I drove out to, to have a little walk. 
You're looking at me like I'm a madman. That's the thing that yeah. people do. Yeah, but not you. It's like having a midlife no, no, crisis. I like, no, I like walking, okay. but I haven't been able to for a long time because of, Cause of your poorly foot. foot. Because yes. my poor foot that I've mentioned about a hundred times on the podcast and a hundred times to everyone that I know God, every day. <laughs> but yeah, but this was my triumphant return. This week has been my triumphant return to the world okay. of exercise and leaving the house. So, so you drove to your favourite walking spot indeed. and started walking. Started walking. And I spotted a little... I was getting quite tired on the way back, so I spotted a little stretch of land, and I thought, I'm going to walk across there, and I can cut across back to the road, and it'll be it'll be fine. Makes sense. So I start to walk across. Okay. And it's fine. Grass. Then it gets a bit marshy. And eventually, oh, after a few more steps, um, water starts to seep into my shoes. And I'm starting to think, shit, should I just go back, or should I continue on? And I'm an idiot, so I continue on. I've got my phone out, and I'm about to use a torch, because it's getting dark by this point. In fact, it's pretty much pitch black by this point. Um, and I'm walking across and the wet's getting in my shoes and I see a massive concrete block. So I think I'll just walk across the concrete block for a few steps and, you know, help my shoes, mm. help my feet. And then it's not far from there. So I sort of make a beeline for this big concrete block to walk across it. Reach it, put my foot on it. It's not a concrete block. It's a massive sheet of wood. And the sheet of wood is covering a huge puddle. And the board starts to sink under my foot, but my momentum propels me forward. And before I even know it, I've got my right foot on the board as well. And I'm just, this is all happening within about a second. Mm. <laughs> the board's sinking. And I'm in the middle, basically the middle of nowhere. A good drive from home. Yeah. Pitch black. I'm fucked. I start to panic thinking, this is all like within one second. And I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm going to drown. This is really bad. So I keep falling, I keep sinking down. How deep are you at this stage? I, I, well, I want to get some scale overall, here. Okay, it's I'm 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 sinking, and I'm panicking, and I'm thinking I need to get back on to mm. land in case this just goes on forever. Like it's not. <laughs> this is this is all going through my head within the space of half a second. Imagine going out to sea. I don't know. I didn't. I don't know. I don't okay. know what. It was a shock. I thought it was concrete. It was a lot to process in a very short amount of time. This is freezing cold water. I was. You know, when you jump into water or have a cold shower and you, your breath goes, it was like that. I was freaked out. How traumatic. It was traumatic. Thank you. You're the first person to give me any sort of nice <laughs> word like that. Normally people just tell me I'm a joke. <laughs> um, the tone of Chris's comment did. I'm suggest. taking it at face value. <laughs> okay. So I, because I've, cause my momentum was carrying me forward, I thought I'm going to have to throw myself back to avoid going face first into this yeah. puddle or whatever it is. So I throw myself back, hit my head off of the bank, drop all the way into this thing, which is at least four foot deep, and it's up to up to my chest, and on my back because I hit off hit my head off the back, um, the, or the bank, it, the water basically came up to my my neck. So I was completely covered in water, apart from my head and apart from my right hand, which I was holding I was holding my phone out of the water because that is the most precious thing in my life. <laughs> you were submerged. <sighs> I was submerged. Apart from my head, I was pretty much entirely submerged. Like that bit um, at the end of Jumanji when Robin Williams gets stuck in the floor. Mm. That's that's what it was like. Basically, yeah. And Jesus. I'm picturing not crystal clean water. Well, funny you should say that. Um, <laughs> when I actually displaced some of the water, a strong smell started to rise up. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> from the water. Um, and that strong smell was shit. Right, yeah. That, that's, it, uh, it was I, shit. I didn't think it was going to be aniseed. No, no, it was, it was shit. Um, and the smell of shit hit, instantly hit my nose and I almost vomited because it was that strong. And I was in the middle of nowhere, in the dark, freezing cold, shivering instantly. I'd hurt my shoulder trying to pull myself out of the, this cesspit. That's, um, that's it. That is it. It's I'm a covered, cesspit. Yeah, basically, yeah. It's a sewage pit or a whatever. And I am, yeah, I'm now covered in freezing cold shit water with, with nowhere to go. That's really sad. <laughs> yes, it is, isn't it? <laughs> no, I do feel for him. I, I've got nothing like bad to say because that sounds very traumatic. It was so traumatic. You know, even at this stage of your life when... I don't wish shit water on anyone. <laughs> Thank you. That means a lot from you. That means a lot. Even at this stage of your life, sometimes you just need a parent. It's like, yeah. oh, I need my mum or my dad, or I just need a, a hug and being told that everything's going to be okay. So I was like, I just need to get home and 
my mum like washed my clothes for me. And <laughs> <laughs> told me it was all going to be okay. I've been swimming in shit. I was like, oh, I've, I've fallen in a, in a shit, shit mum. And I could tell she was like, she, her natural mothering instincts meant that she wanted to give me a hug, but she wasn't going to come anywhere near me. <laughs> falling um, in a shit pit. But you were in my car earlier and you didn't smell anything, oh. did you? No, I didn't. There you go, that's good. It was all the bad smelling that was emanating from your Shane McGowan-esque body, probably. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there's the story of how I fell into a shit pit. And I've now washed my clothes quite a few times, and I've had mm. about well, I had about three showers that evening to try and that, rid myself of a smell. Has that smell. experience changed you in any way? Um, actually, that night changed me, because on the way home from, from there, I was... Honestly, centimetres away from hitting a massive deer in my car at about 60 miles an hour. Oh. And I would definitely have at least written off the car and been badly injured. That, that would, would have be been a bad night. So, you, yeah, I was you like... You swim in chair yeah. and then you kill a deer. I was in shock when I nearly hit the deer because it was that close. I had to pull over and just sit and get my breath back a bit. Have a little cry. <laughs> Almost. I was, <laughs> I was teetering on the brink. Um, but that that kind of... I thought, okay, I could I could have drowned... In shit. Oh, <laughs> I could have drowned in way. shit. Or like, I could have broken an ankle out. on the way down or two ankles on the way down and then drowned in shit. Yeah. Or I could have been killed by a deer. So actually I thought yeah. I was kind of thankful. Or another option, none of this could have happened and we've had no anecdotes for the podcast this week. Absolutely. So be grateful for the small mercies. So it's good that I take shortcuts in life. Yep. And I didn't walk the yeah. long way round. Yep. Because I'm tired and unfit. And I decided to go the short way. Yep. And it got mm. me in trouble. It did. So I'm interested in after you've heaved yourself out of the shit water, yes. how far yeah. did you have to travel whilst freezing cold in the dark from that oh, point? I was, I was near. No, it was on the way back, so it wasn't that long. Under 10 minutes. But not a pleasant, not, 10, not minutes. A pleasant 10 minutes at no. all. It seems like you know, <laughs> six, six, seven hours. <sighs> I don't think my jeans are going to be rescued there. No. I've washed them three times and they, they still don't smell too great. And so. the memories. The memories, yeah. Yeah. If those jeans could talk. The the, the PTSD scream. that those, <laughs> those <laughs> jeans will elicit in you. That's so, awful. So yeah, I've had a bad week. I don't actually, I'm not going to say anything negative. Anything Thanks, bad. Chris. I, I, you know, that's about bad, bad times. <laughs> it is, isn't it? I've yeah. never swam in shit water. No. You have. I have. I have, and I guess we can close the episode there. And you didn't there. die, though, so that's good. I didn't die. Still alive. We can carry on this podcast if he died in shit water. Oh, awful. but imagine if they'd found my body in a sewage pit. What did your mum say? Because <laughs> no one would have known why I was there. Everyone would have assumed no. it was like a like a sexual thing or I was out there yeah, burying definitely. a body or oh, something. God. Definitely I wouldn't have been able to fight thought. my own corner. I mean, yeah. I mean, the fact that you were waddling across a field with your pants around your ankles as it was <laughs> can't have made it easier. <laughs> Uh, oh, I really didn't enjoy it. <laughs> so there you go. I, I've decided to share that story with the world because it's funny. It is funny. And I feel like I've... It's Tragically funny. If someone else had done that, I would want to hear about it. So I'm just I'm getting it out there. And you know what? Be- normally, if this happened to me, you would mock me. Mm-hmm. But I'm taking the higher ground. Yeah, it doesn't count if you're just doing it to rub it in his yeah. face. Yeah. Mm, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's that's some good Christian work you're doing there. <laughs> yeah. Entirely selfless. Okay, anything else to add? No, we'll see you next week, and we're doing something quite special next week. Ho, no, ho, not. ho, no, no, no. No, no. No, no, no. Merry So this is going... Well, we can cut this out if I'm wrong, but this one's going to be going out. In fact, on yes, yes, this Tuesday is our last one. Ho, 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 Christmas. You can expect something special next week. And the next week, and the week after that. Yeah. This is it our last is. normal I feel like we, episode. We now need to say what it is. We're, ba- we're taking a little bit of time off, is what we're doing, yeah. because this is exhausting and, and awful and we hate it. No, that's, <laughs> that's not true, is it? We've got, um, we've got Christmas and it's a busy time. Yeah, so we're going to record in advance some Christmas specials for you to mm-hmm. air over the Christmas period. Um, and then we can have some time off to, to recuperate and then come back fighting strong in January with some extra special um, things in the pipeline ready for our 50th episode, which isn't far away. Yeah, and just to clarify, they will be released on a Tuesday as normal, these three episodes for the next three weeks. Um, and they're all going to be the same length as a normal episode. And it's just, just that we're good. doing them just in, as good. In, um, in 
we're just doing them in preparation for the, yeah. the Christmas period so we can get them edited before everything goes haywire. So if, if World the War day III is broken out. Birth. Before the day of Jesus' birth, exactly. Or World War Three. Yeah, so if World War Three has <laughs> broken out and we don't mention it in the podcast, it's not because we don't care, it's because we didn't know about it. I if World care. War Three breaks out, I think we should still do the podcast. Well, yeah. yeah. The world needs us. We can entertain the troops. Yeah, they'll love that. Fuck the troops. Can I say fuck the troops? <laughs> I don't know if they think you can. Oh, uh, end. End. <laughs> All right. Cool. Can we just say that um, we do not support the bombing on Syria for, for um, all of our Syrian listeners? Uh, yeah, obviously we don't support the bombing in Syria. Cause why, we say who, obviously, but people just assume. People oh, think it's that, not question time. I know, yeah. but I just want to no, no, make I, sure the world knows that we're not dicks. Like yeah. our government is. Okay. Everyone knows we're not dicks. Uh, like, well, I don't know. Marginally. Yeah, it's tricky, isn't it? But why? What? Who? What person with a conscience or any sense of empathy could possibly think that bombing civilian areas is possibly going to achieve anything in furthering any cause whatsoever except making people unhappy? Yes. What? It's mind blowing. Never final wor- thought. That's it. It never works. It's never worked. There is so. there is a long series of precedents of this not working. Yeah. It's not and a new idea. Yeah, <laughs> we'll is, be talking that, about this on Wiki Shuffle episode five hundred and forty-one. We probably will, and that's what's so terrifying about the whole thing. Mm. Having how have we not learnt anything about human beings and their general resilience and bombs not being a force of persuasion? Yeah. They have cool names. So that's though. good. Sorry for dragging that, that down. <laughs> Just remember me falling in a big pile of shit. And have a good week. <laughs> Bye. Bye bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.